We've been looking at the, um, at, the, at the last words again, at the last words that Christ spoke from the cross uh, and who he spoke them to and what they were and the significance of those words for us today. Uh, you know, any, it's, it's, uh, the last words are always seem like more significant. You remember those things, if it's the loved ones, the last things they said to you, the last time you saw them or whatever. And I think it's really important that God in his wisdom and through the Holy Spirit has given us, uh, again, these, these, at least these seven sayings from the cross that we hang on to and not only hang on to, but uh, let him minister uh, in every way that he wants to into our lives with these. I want to say, Fred, I appreciate Fred speaking last Sunday evening, and uh, always a good message, but I thought it was the best sermon I've ever heard you preach. It was powerful. And uh, what foundation we build in the church on. I loved it. So thank you for that. Be here tonight, for Dot, Dot always has a way of communicating and, a cha- and making us think. So uh, I'm looking forward to tonight, Dot. Um, as we looked at these sayings from the cross, the first one was from Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Luke 23, 34, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, and they cast uh, lots and parted his garments for those. As words of, um, words of forgiveness uh, and words for uh, a prayer to the Father for all of us. The second words we looked at last week were from Luke 23, verse 43. And, and those, those words was that we find a, a promise, a promise of salvation. Jesus speaking to the thief on his cross, on the cross near him or next to him on one side, uh, says to him, Verily, or, verily I say unto you, or I'm telling you the truth. Today you'll be with me in paradise. So we have words of forgiveness. We have words of, of salvation, a promise of salvation and a promise of hope. Today we're going we're gonna to leave Luke's gospel for a couple of days. We're going to come to John. In John, we're going to look at the third saying from the cross in John chapter 19. And we're going to pick up with verse 25 and read three verses in John 19. It says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her into his own home. The third words that we look, are looking at are words of compassion, are words of love. A psychologist one time said that there are two things that men want most, power and love. And as we go to John's gospel this morning for these words, uh, John gives us, John reminds us probably more than any other, gospel, any other gospel writer, he reminds us of, those, uh, of the power of love and the words that Jesus spoke concerning love. We've got several examples, going to pull two. One of them is in John 15, 13. And in John 15, 13, John says, and, and remind us that Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And then probably one of the most uh, popular and most uh, known scriptures in all of scripture John 3.16, read it with me again. It's powerful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Just a couple of examples of John uh, reminding us of the power of love, that God loves us. Well, this morning as we look at this, this scene at the cross, John sets the stage for us in that. And he tells us that uh, by describing who was at the cross. And there he says that the cross was Mary, Jesus' mother. She was near the cross along with her sister, Jesus' aunt, her, his aunt, was there with her and another friend. And, and they, had, uh, they had got close to the cross. There were none of, uh, none of Jesus' brothers or none of his sisters are mentioned as being there. Matter of fact, none of the disciples except the younger one, John, are mentioned being there. And it's no wonder. You know, we think about this and think, where could they be? But we've got to remember, it was dangerous to identify with Christ this day. He was, he was being executed. He had been, uh, he had been uh, fought, you could say, framed, but he was being falsely accused and condemned. He was being executed, and they could be next. But Mary comes to be close to her son, and she gets as close as she can get. And, and possibly, possibly the soldiers see her as no threat at all. Let her, let her, let her come. She's, she's his mama. Uh, she can't do anything. He's being executed. Just let her, let her come on in. And then uh, 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 with her was this, uh, was, was a young disciple, John. Now, I got to remember, John also had fled when Jesus was arrested in the, in the garden. John had, had fled. But John was close kin to some of the religious leaders. And it's possible that John thought, well, hey, you know, there, I, I, I feel pretty secure here. But he was there with Mary. Of, of, all the, of all the people, just think about it now, of all his followers, of all his disciples, Mary knew who he was. She knew who he was. It may have only been, it may have only been uh, 30-something years ago, but for Mary, I'm sure it just seemed like yesterday that she was engaged to this young carpenter boy named Joseph, and they were making big plans, and they had their future, and then, that, and then it happened. That night, that day, the angel appeared to her and said, Mary, you're going to have a son. Even though you're a virgin, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be God's son, and he's going to be, he's going to be the deliverer of his people. She knew. She knew who he was. Maybe... It only seemed like yesterday that they had, uh, with the baby 40 days old, that she and Joseph had taken him to the temple in Jerusalem to dedicate him to the Lord. And there at the temple, that the, the older man and woman and the words that they spoke, let's look at them. Now, we are going back to Luke for this. It's in Luke chapter 2. And I'm sure for Mary, this was just as real more real now than it had ever been probably. In Luke chapter 2, picking up, we're going to pick it up with verse 22. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord, the firstborn here. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, 
There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, all right, where we are, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that, uh, to Simeon that he shouldn't see death. He wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And uh, Mary and Joseph, bringing Jesus to the temple, when they brought him there, Simeon was there, and uh, uh, what they were going to do according to the law. So Simeon took Jesus up in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which which you've prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and Mary marveled at those things which were spoken about uh, Jesus that Simeon said. Then Simeon says to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. I'm thinking, Mary's thinking, man, remember, this is is God's son. They're less than two months after the birth. And all of a sudden, here this man is is prophesying that that there's going to be those that's going to be speaking against him, that's going to come against him. How could that be? This This is God's deliverer, okay? And then Simeon says to Mary, yes, and a sword shall pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's go ahead and see what Anna says. And there's one woman, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in at the same time, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. And the saintly old Simeon had prophesied not only of Jesus' sufferings, but of Mary's sufferings. And now at the cross, at the foot of the cross, Mary is suffering. She's suffering more than any of us could ever imagine unless you're one of those people that have had to stand by or sit by and watch one of your children die while you could do nothing. I've never had, I never experienced that. I pray I never do. I never have to. Some of you have. And I have in my years of pastoring many times, many times in a funeral or at a graveside, I've had parents come to me and say, Jerry, it's, I remember one saying, Jerry, it ain't natural. And said, we shouldn't be burying our kids. You know, they're not supposed to die before we do. It's just, that's not the order of things. And there's a, there's a camaraderie there. But, but there at the cross, Mary, I'm sure, is going through this suffering. On the, when you, if you saw, uh, what's the movie, Mel Gibson, what is that? Passion of Christ, the Passion of Christ. Uh, the, the scenes with Mary as she suffers, as her son's suffering, and, I'm, and only at the heart of a mom, 
the heart of a mom. And she's there. And John sets this scene, and she is suffering. And he says, John tells us that Jesus sees his mom. He looks his mom. And he comes to, and, and, and with these words of compassion, he speaks to her. Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus always, always is with us in our suffering. It's not something that he sends us through. It's something that he goes through with us. You may be here this morning, and you may be suffering. A lot of ways to suffer. There's, uh, there's, there's emotional suffering and where you feel like that you're alone, that nobody can understand. Nobody understands what you're going through. And you may be right. I want, I want to tell you, there may, there, you may be exactly right, but there is one who understands. There may be not anybody around you, but your Lord, Jesus Christ, understands and knows what you're going through, what you're trying to endure, how you're trying to survive. Matter of fact, Isaiah describes our Savior this way, says that he will be a man that will be acquainted with sorrows and suffering. And looking down at Mary, he does something. And I think it's, again, I know we can't, we can't fillet out all the significance, but we can fillet out some of it. When he speaks to his mom, he calls her woman. Now, seeing this, it's not, it's not a disrespectful term. It's not like a woman. It's not that. It's more like a term we would say lady. It's a, it's a respectful term for the culture. But remember, Jesus is the firstborn of the Jewish family. He's the oldest boy. And it, obviously, I believe by this time that, that Jesus' father, Joseph, his earthly father, is, is out of the picture. He's dead, most likely. Scripture tells us that Jesus had other brothers and sisters. So he was a part of a family. Okay, but with Joseph's not mentioned. And, and, and with Joseph being out of the picture, the firstborn son would carry the responsibility for caring, providing for and caring for the mom, the widow and the rest of the family. So Jesus, even here as he is dying, is taking care of his responsibilities. Not only that one, but he, he expands it because look at what happens. As he's looking to provide for, his, for, her, for Mary's future care and provision, he says to her, woman, woman. Now, she's standing there looking at him as her son. This is my baby. Don't care how old you are. You're always your mama's baby. Okay? You know that. Some of you know that. Don McAllister always knows he's his mother's favorite. You know? And he was quick to let his brothers and sisters know that jokingly in a, in a lighthearted way. But they're, 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 this is her baby. But Jesus now is trying to say to her, it's more than just your son dying. From now on, you're going you're to see that I'm your Savior dying on the cross. My death, my suffering, has got far more significance. It's got redemption purposes that's, that's beyond just here and now. But it's for you and it's for all the world. And he's, I believe he's encouraging Mary to look and to see that this was from 40, uh, 30 something years ago when the angel appeared and when the prophecy was spoken by Simeon, that now is part of the fulfillment of that. You may not understand it now, and I know you're hurting now, but it's part of God's redemptive plan.
And she's still going to hurt. He's dying for the sins of the world. Not his sins, not his crimes, but for mine and for yours. And I believe he's saying to Mary, hey, there's, there's more into this than just your son. You'll understand it later. Then he turns to John. And uh, interesting, again, John had ran away also. And you know how when we, when we, when we fail him, when, when we blow it big time, I mean, we could call it what it is, when we sin, okay? Sin is so much better to say, I just, I, I, I messed up and said, I sinned. Edwin Messerschmitt would always, and I would tell him, I really, really messed up. He said, did you sin? And I said, I blew it. He said, did you sin? And I say, yeah. And he said, well, call it what it is. It sounds so bad. He said, it is bad. Jesus had to die for it. He didn't die for our mess ups. He died for our sins. Ah, Edwin, that German. Mm. <laughs> so true, isn't it, though? So true. And when we sin, you know, Satan jumps on us and says, see, you, 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 you're not, you, you can't be trusted. You're not strong enough to handle this stuff. Now, you're, you're, you know, you've taken yourself out of the game. That's the enemy. But what does Jesus do? Jesus comes along and he lifts us up. He dusts us off and he gets us right back in the game. And that's kind of what he did with John here. Here's John. One of the younger disciples, John's, you know, he left him like all the rest of them, but John is here. And now Jesus says to John, and I love this, he didn't say, behold the woman to John. You know he said to John? Behold your mother. John, I'm giving you the responsibility of caring for, for my mom. Now she's your mom. Wow. Now, amazing. John didn't, John didn't say, what do you mean, Lord? What, what's all that? He, didn't, he didn't need a long, he didn't need a lengthy explanation. He understood. He knew. Because he tells us from that very hour, he took her into his home. And he, she, he, she became his responsibility. She became his mom, his mother. Wow. Wow. Why not? We talked this a while back. Why, why, not, why didn't Jesus, you know, why didn't he pass it down? Usually... It would have been to the next oldest boy, okay? Jesus' brother, that this may be the, the next one, John, James or whatever his name was, Frank or Pete, they didn't do that, but whatever the names was, had those good Jewish names, Abraham. <clears throat> Why not him? We talked about that maybe because at this point, remember, up until now, none of Jesus' brothers and sisters, earthly brothers and sisters, believed in him. Believed in him. Wow. It's tough when people don't believe in you, right? But when your family don't believe in you, woo, that's really hard. And now he is, here he is, young 30s, early 30s, dying on a cross, dying a shameful death, as shameful a death as any Jewish man could die. Crucified, naked before the world, hanging there. But John believed and I'm committed that Jesus wanted this disciple, this follower, this believer to be there because I'm sure there are going to be talks. And as, we, as you look at this and as we look at what's going to happen three days later, 
with an open tomb. And then when the disciples see this and they run and they tell Mary and John's there. Remember, John outruns Peter because John is a young kid. He was a single guy on the, on the turkey bowl. And Peter was one of the old married men eating, you know, he doing the liniment thing. You know, but John outruns him. And, and can you imagine, I'm convinced part of this dynamics is, is this, the, the significance of John being a, Christ, a follower of Christ. So he, he, he commits his mother to the care of John, and he commits John to care for his mother. From the cross, from the cross, Jesus provides for Mary's future and for ours, and for ours. It was the night before the cross when Jesus spoke these words to his disciples. They're familiar words from John chapter 14. The night before when he says to them, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you can be also. What a promise. What a promise. He wanted to leave these disciples with, but what a promise he has left all believers in him with since the words he spoke those words that night. And there on the cross and through the cross and through the empty tomb, Christ has prepared a place in his presence for all eternity. A home for Mary, a home for John, a home for this thief that's dying with him, a home for all believers in his father's house. Wow. Wow. And he has for you and for me and for all who believe. But the old preacher is right when he said that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And the way to be prepared for that, Jesus would explain to his disciples when he spoke these words. It would be Thomas who would say, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know how to get there. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. We saw it last Sunday. We saw it last Sunday with the thief. It didn't take, again, it didn't take a long explanation when the thief realized who Jesus was and he turned and said, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that look of faith and that request and Jesus to look and say, I'll tell you the truth. Today you'll be with me. We'll go there together. Have you prepared for that place? It's just by asking Christ to come into our heart, letting him be our Lord, letting him be our Savior. Do you know him? Do you know him? Let's pray. Father, this morning, thank you for allowing us, Lord, to, 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 to sit in, to listen in to such um, significance, to such holy place as the cross. And as a conversation that took place, really not a conversation, but as the words that were exchanged between you and Mary and John. And Lord, thank you that in your wisdom and in your grace and love and mercy, you reveal these to us, and you want us to know that not only, not only for our spiritual, but you've provided for our needs. 
That's just, just as you provided for your mom's future needs and provisions, you've provided for ours. The writer of Philippians uh, would write that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Father, the greatest need, someone has said, is the need to be loved. There's no greater demonstration of your love than that which you show to us from the cross. Now, Father, it's my prayer if there's those here this morning that has never received you as Lord and Savior, they've never trusted you, that today they would be able to say, Jesus, come into my heart. I hear what you're saying to me. I feel you're drawing me. I know I need to do this. I know I don't just need to go on coming to church and trying to learn more or trying to be better or be gooder. I could never be good enough. But thank the Lord I don't have to be because you provided salvation for me. Now, by faith, I receive that. Just pray that. Ask him. And don't forget to thank him. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my heart, making me your son, your daughter. You may be here this morning and in the midst of your suffering and agony and pain, you feel so alone. You feel so helpless. Maybe you feel so abandoned. Maybe you feel so confused. Mary's had to be thinking, Lord, why? 30-something years ago, why? Why to end like this? Why to begin in a stable and now to end on a cross? Lord, Lord. Jesus identifies with us. He comes to us in our sufferings, in our needs. And he understands. Maybe this morning, you know, you may not need answers. Sometimes we think that's what we need. We ain't answers to why. Well, why was it like this? Why, do, why am I just finding this out now? Why, why did this have to happen now? You know, more than the whys, I'm convinced, it's just a reassurance that he loves us. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He doesn't love me more than he loves you because I stand up here on Sunday morning. And he doesn't love you more than he loves the prisoner that's in chains. He loves us with a complete love that he demonstrated on the cross. And this morning, sometimes it's just in knowing that we know that we know that he loves us and being reminded of that, that we can walk this out and trust him. You say, Jerry, I can't trust the people around me. Yeah, I understand. You say, Jerry, I can't trust the friends. Uh, yeah, I understand. Jerry, I can't trust the system. I can't trust the authorities. I can't trust the law. Yeah, I understand. But you can trust him. And you can give it to him and walk in peace. Maybe that's you this morning. You just need to say, God, I know you love me. You died for me. Help me now to let that love and that assurance of that love strengthen me as you go through whatever you allow in my life, as you go through it with me, by your grace and by your strength and understanding of your love, we'll do this in your name.